Hi, welcome to the Penis Project podcast. This is the place to come to find out everything you've always wanted to know about men's health but were too embarrassed to ask. Join physiotherapist Dr. Joe Milios and sexologist nurse practitioner Melissa Hadley Barrett as they talk to real men and the experts about men's private parts. Have a burning question you really want to know the answer to? Please subscribe to our website at thepenisproject.org and just ask us. The greater the strength, the more time I've got for you. There's too much talking, texting, tweeting, posting. Too much noise altogether. In silence is strength and peace and space. Imagine silence forever. The Penis Project podcast is proudly supported and sponsored by PROST, Exercise for Prostate Cancer, and the RS Health Penile Rehabilitation Program. PROST is a not-for-profit charity set up by myself in 2012 that aims to help men exercise during their experience with prostate cancer. If you want to know anything more about PROST, including our online service and USB product now available, please just go to prost.com.au. The Penile Rehabilitation Program was created by Melissa at Restorative Sexual Health. This is an online program to assist turning software into hardware without leaving your home. This program was designed for people who live in areas where access to health professionals in this area is not available, or for those who are just too busy to attend consults, or even for those who just feel more comfortable learning at home with online learning and consultations online. For more information about this program, please go to www.rshealth.com.au. Prost means cheers to your health, so prost to you. November 11th. 11 a.m. 60 seconds kids watch on the wall in the pub in the tab in the cars we remember and wonder what So welcome to the Penis Project podcast. Today we're speaking to Tim. Now Tim reached out to us after I made a little bit of a silly comment actually on a previous podcast where I we talked about restorative devices for men to wear like traction devices and things like that to do with circumcision and the changing the penis shape and length. And I think I made a very throwaway comment along the lines of, oh, who would want to wear a torture device like that for eight hours? So Tim... Eight, day, eight hours a day. Eight hours a day, <laughs> yes. Yeah. So um, Tim reached out to us and he's very, very knowledgeable about circumcision and um, restoring this if you've lost it. And we're not going to get involved in the debate of whether to circumcise or not circumcise. We're just going to talk about the men who he is in a, has a support group going for. Um, that have been circumcised and would like to restore their function back to its original case. Is that right, Tim? Is that what we're going to chat, mainly chat about today? Yeah, that's right. And thanks for giving me the opportunity to um, talk about this and having me on. But yeah, so basically what we... Uh, we're a group of men and we are really wanting back the foreskin we were born with and we are using uh, stretching techniques and devices and inducing mitosis, which uh, encourages the skin to grow back. So first up, just tell us, I mean, you've had a particularly interesting journey, haven't you, in this? So can you, would you mind telling us a little bit about your journey, how this became a subject that you were really interested in? Yeah, sure. Um, I, I was born in New Zealand in the 70s. Uh, by that stage, circumcision was very rare in New Zealand, and 
hospitals were no longer doing circumcisions. Um, so I was circumcised by a private practitioner. And was that because that was your family preference? Is that like what your dad was and things like that? Or do you know the reason why? Uh, my father was circumcised. Um, but I, I really... I. I've, I've struggled to understand the motivation behind it, to be honest. Okay. So, yeah. um, especially when the, the medical advice from everyone in the in the country at the time was, you know, not to. Yeah. Um, so I was I was circumcised extremely tightly using a device called a gonco clamp, um, which pulls the foreskin up and... Uh, severs it from the glands and crushes it. Uh, it's very easy to tell if you're being cut with one of those because you have a very distinctive brown ring. Mm. So, yep. and uh, because I was uh, cut so tightly, uh, you know, I had most of my penis was, uh, you know, lightly coloured, whereas the little bit of the original um, outer skin was was uh, my natural skin tone, which uh, sort of gave me a, a, a very distinctive two different coloured penis, um, which looked, you know, dreadfully out of place, especially in, in New Zealand where... Yeah, where so how old were you when you discovered that your penis looked different to most of your peers? Uh, I'd, I'd say I was probably fairly young. I'd, I'd probably say, you know, five or seven. Right, yeah. Okay. yeah. And and at first you wonder why everyone else looks different, not wonder why why I look different because to me it was normal. But, mm. yeah, and sort of going through life and then you work it out, it's like, oh, actually I'm the one that's different and and that. So um, it's not something I, I could talk about as a kid because... There was there was great shame uh, talking about penises and you know yeah boys back then just didn't, didn't talk about dicks so so when you became a teenager and you wanted to become sexually active was that an issue for you like did it become problematic like did you were you embarrassed about it I was always very conscious of it yeah um, I, I don't think anyone anything's going to stop a teenager from. <laughs> Seeking out sex, so no, no. <laughs> it certainly didn't slow me down. But um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I was um, very, very conscious that I wasn't the same as as um, as all my mates, and yeah. I, I really, at that stage, still didn't know what it was I was missing. You know, sort of as a, I knew I was circumcised, and I knew I was missing a foreskin, but. I didn't even actually know exactly what that was or what what was taken and and uh, uh, how how a foreskin worked. So it was all a bit of a mystery so, to me. So tell us that. How old were you when you discovered, like when you really got involved in this and understood what what you were missing? Um, well, it was probably 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 much older. So um, probably not until I had easy access to the internet really mm -hmm. um so I've that was maybe mid 1990s 
Oh, no, later than that for me. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> so in 98 I, I heard about foreskin restoration. Mm-hmm. Um, actually managed to get hold of a VHS cassette tape. <laughs> that, God, that, VHS. That, well, beat up VHS. Yeah, <laughs> that, that showed how to do it. Yeah. Um, and it just didn't work for me. It involved tape and weights and... It was a home treatment, was it? Yeah, because because then there wasn't a lot of information around and there certainly wasn't the devices that we have now. We have several manufacturers now of, of good devices. But, um, yeah, so I, I tried tried restoring my foreskin then and it, it just didn't work because... The equipment I had to work with just didn't work for me. You know, the idea of taping my dick up and then um, uh, having to untape it, and it, it just really didn't work. It it just it, it sort of created more trauma than what it what yeah. it was to not deal with. So yeah, and sorry, just to take one step back, what when you started looking into the whole circumcision thing, what did you feel like? Like, what did you find out? What's people who would like to get their foreskin back, what do they feel like they're missing? Like, has it changed your function, your sensitivity? Is it just the the look of it? Like, what's the main issue around that? Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of reasons to risk it all. Um, I, I sort of chose to restore. I had incredibly tight erections. Uh, oh, because I was, Oh, yeah. Um, which growing up didn't make it easier, you know, teenage boys get erections, you know, randomly and very easily so, and they were incredibly uncomfortable because the skin in that area was so tight. Mm. Um, So most boys would notice getting erections from like 12, including waking up through the night with nocturnal erections. So being females, we will never really understand. (laughs) So, so... The best way, I guess, to rate pain is just a ranking out of 10. We call it a visual analogue score with zero being no pain and 10 being the worst pain. Do you recall from an early age how painful these were and did it get worse or...? Uh, they, they weren't painful as in, um, you know, it's unbearable. It was painful enough to certainly take the pleasure out of the occasion yeah, though. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's terrible. Um, yeah, and they're not meant to be painful. No, they're not. So, no. you know, they're no. meant to be time for pleasure. Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. um, yeah, and it's not wasn't something I could talk to my parents about either. So who did so. you talk to? Like, or how did you work out that no one else had pain than you did? Uh, very, very limited information. And yeah. growing up with my, trying it, you know, as much as you can, talk to your peers how I grew up you just it wasn't something you'd ever talk about or admit that Mm. there was uh you weren't better than the Mm. the next guy you didn't have to be as good you had to be better and then you say you'd certainly never Mm. admit that well actually that's that's not how it feels for me or you know so so yeah it wasn't till much later in life when I could could talk to people that um that I actually really got a learning. And that's that's one of the great tragedies about it really is that there are so many kids and it's still happening today um, that just don't have the information. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they've, um, they've quite often been fed a line of bullshit to yeah. justify, 
you know, why they were circumcised and and then they're sort of entering the real world and especially now we've got the internet and there's so much information out there that's available that wasn't available when I was growing up and they're, they're sort of going, these, these two things, these these things aren't matching up, you know? Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's a lot of our listeners will be surprised at how big a following this group has. So you're in a Facebook group and how many people are, are in that Facebook group around this issue? Uh, I'm not in a Facebook group. There are oh, Facebook there groups. There are Facebook I'm, groups. I'm a member of a Reddit group. That's it. And I'm also Reddit. a member of a number of uh, restoring organisations. So how many people, like thousands of people, do you think are involved in this movement? Uh, well, actually, I've got to update the notes. There's 21,000 in, wow. in one Reddit group. That That's I in your one to. Reddit group. That's for um, men that are restoring their foreskins. Wow. And it's mm. incredible, isn't it? And it's an entirely text-based group. It's mm. not graphic. There's no images. It's just text just. and information about where to buy devices, which devices work, which methods work. Okay. Um, and there's a method for everyone that works. So tell us about it. Tell us tell us the me- the different methods and how they work and where you get things from and all that stuff. Okay, so there's um there's there's a number of of ways to do it. There's manual methods which is basically using your hands. Um and then there's devices. Uh, a lot of people used to make their own devices. Early devices were homemade from household items. Mm-hmm. Um, tape, film canisters. If anyone remembers the old 35-millimeter yeah, film canisters. Yeah. Uh, sockets, trombone mouthpieces. But lucky now we actually have some really good um, uh, device manufacturers that make make devices that have been improved and improved over the years, and um, now 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 we can have quite comfortable devices that are um, easy to use and very effective. Uh, the devices work by applying a small amount of tension to the remaining skin. Uh, some use elastic bands or. or um, Elastic straps to do that. Some use air inflation, so they actually are pneumatic and just put a little bit of air pressure on, um, or weights, or a combination of the above. Um, and how many hours a day do you typically need to use these devices in order to get things stretching? Uh, well, actually, stretching's not really the right word. Okay, um, what's the right word? Tell me. So. You don't want to stretch. So okay. what you want to do is induce my mitosis. So which is cell um, cell division. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So if you're stretching, uh, you're actually you're doing damage. Mm-hmm. So if you put a, a small amount of tension and you put that on for a long amount of time, mm-hmm. the body is actually very clever and it goes. Um, you know, I need a bit more skin here to yeah. relieve that tension. Yeah. Just the same as, you know, when I eat. It's like wound healing, isn't it? Wound healing mm. or the same as when I eat too many pies and, you know, <laughs> need, skin a, need a bit more belly. <laughs> so. Um, That's a good analogy. Yeah. So it's and you're same as like when we're pregnant and that sort mm. of thing, you know, you, this, the, the body can add more cells so that the, um, that the, there's more skin. Yeah, of course. Um. The really important thing to remember about mitosis is that 
um, the skin the skin that you're applying tension to will reproduce more cells the same as that skin. Okay. So, so it, that's the theory behind it. it is exactly, yeah. So if you've got a little bit of inner foreskin left, mm-hmm. um, which is actually a different skin type to uh, the outer foreskin. Right. Or the outer, outer foreskin or shaft skin is um, more like your, your regular skin, whereas the... Um, and a foreskin's more of a, a mucosa type tissue. Yeah. So it's uh, it's really important to know the difference because when you're applying um, tension to give mitosis, what you apply the tension to is what will what will. Um, so if you want the outer skin, then you want to apply it, the tension to that part. To the outer skin part, and Got if you want, if you need more inner skin, just depending on how how you how you were cut. Mm. Um, and and how many hours a day typically? What's the average that you would wear these devices? Well, ideally, you'd you'd have more hours per day. Yeah. I I go for about three to four hours per day mm-hmm. um, because it suits my lifestyle. That's going to make it take longer for me because um, you know I, ideally you'd be doing eight hours a day, right. but it suits me to do three to four hours a day because what I do is when I get up in the morning I put my put my clothes on, put my work boots on and I put my device on and I go to work and after three or four hours at work I take it off. And does it get uncomfortable or are they comfortable? You don't even know they're there once you get used to them. Uh, once you're used to them, they're, they're pretty comfortable uh, up until a point. So after a point of time, because they they do grab the skin, yeah. Um, your skin sort of goes, actually, I'm kind of sick of being grabbed, so I just need yeah, to let go yeah. and get the circulation going again. And that's that for me is the three to four hour mark. It's yeah. like, okay, it's time to take this off and, and let it, uh, you know, uh, have a breather. And I'm assuming it would take a long time for this process to work, like years, months, what's uh, normal? Be prepared for a journey of years, yeah. Right, okay. So it's... And it's so variable because it depends how you are cut. It uh, depends on um, obviously uh, how well endowed you are. So yeah. this is this is where uh, smaller men have the advantage. Right. So yeah, <laughs> they, they yeah. need a lot less skin to cover it. to okay. cover, get yeah. coverage. But yeah. um, and and uh, also it depends on your dedication. Like um, for me, I've i um very happy to go look I'll do three hours a day for every day I put my work boots on mm-hmm. at um, four hours a day maybe and I will get there eventually, eventually. Time, but you're working on it it's a work in progress uh, yeah exactly mm-hmm. and that time's going to go so if anyone sits there and go oh I'm not spending three years doing that the three years are going to go Anyway. <laughs> and it takes me 30 seconds a day to, to do this. To put it, it really on. does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not even that. It's, so, it's way quicker than putting my shoes on. Mm-hmm. I do it at the same time. But you can work with it on. Absolutely, yeah. Okay. So yeah. if someone's listening and they wanted to restore their foreskin, how would they – where would they go to find out, like, what sort of cut they'd had and which best device would be right for them? Uh, the, there's so many great – Great uh, websites. There's actually a really old website. It's mm-hmm. restoringforskin.org. Okay. 
Um, Restoringforskin.org. Yep, and uh, it it's got a lot of information on there. Um, we'll throw 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 I'll some links in the in show, the notes, show yeah. notes. Yeah, uh, that. But there's also um, strongly recommend people visit Fifteen Squared, which is a UK based charity. Mm-hmm. Um, they do a huge amount of work uh, with uh, uh, basically around education about foreskins, men's penises. So they work with intact, circumcised and uh, restoring men. And they they actually provide a lot of um, information to the medical community too. So, right. And the word intact, um, just before we started chatting, I, I noticed that you put it in your own notes for us. Could you explain why we use the word intact more preferably? Preferably? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, well, because someone who hasn't had a circumcision is still intact. They're not um, they're not uncircumcised any more than someone can be unbroken. So yeah, it's it's the correct term to use is intact, is undamaged or uncircumcised is is sort of normalizing cutting off the part that's normal, which which isn't the right approach. And, and because you've now had all these years of dealing with it, uh, I'm curious to whether or not the pain is improving with erections because you have been able to have the um, rest- uh, restoration process. Hugely. Okay, so Hugely. this is really important. Great. Yeah. That's good. So it, it does work. So um, uh, it... So before I, you know, I had incredibly uh, tight erections, um, and they were uh, there was no no skin movement at all. You know, I, I I could do that on my arm. You know, slide my slide the skin on my arm up and down more than I could slide the skin on my penis up and down. Wow. Mm. Um, yeah. Sex or masturbation without lubricants just wasn't possible. It was mm. it was painful without. Um, and now I'm uh, sort of managed to go from from that state to what you'd call a, a average or loose circumcision. And and now as I'm getting more skin to work with, great that. Um, that process is speeding up too. But surely that would improve the satisfaction as well because, I mean, you've got skin moving and, I mean, it's all meant mm. to be very sensory and, you know, that sort of rhythm, mm. <laughs> uh, rhythmic kind of stretching of the shoe, I mean, which should really enhance the pleasure of sex activity, it, it even does, the desire of sexual activity. It, it does yeah. for, for both parties too. Yeah. Um, so when a tightly circumcised guy is having sex, he's actually – pulling the fluids yeah. out of the um, vagina. So the, quite often the poor old lady can end up very dry and chafed. Mm. And sex isn't isn't that fun, you know, especially if you're having a, a decent sex session. Yeah. So. so, Tim, in my physiotherapy clinic, I've had only two or three patients over the years who've uh, come along to see me because they've actually had phimosis and they've been waiting on circumcision surgery. Um, but in my experience I would say in 15 years of doing this men's health physiotherapy where I get to review lots of different things 
it's a very small percentage of guys that are actually coming in for assistance. But I think it's probably another one of these under-recognised topics and potentially there's many more men dealing with it. But we've just had a little bit of a chance to go through some of the devices and you've um, shown us, Melissa and I, how they're applied. We've both went sort of, oh dear, looks like it might hurt or whatever. So the devices themselves really are quite comfortable, you were just saying. Uh, It's fair to say they're not uncomfortable. So I wouldn't say they're comfortable as in they feel great to wear because they don't, but they feel like you've, you know, got a medical device strapped to your penis. But um, (laughs) they're, they're comfortable enough to say, yeah, I'm wearing that and you can carry on with the rest of your day. So it's worth the... the Absolutely worth worth it. The the reward is worth the effort. Um, So just out of interest, what happens if you get an erection when you're wearing it? Oh, you'd know very quickly to take it off. Right. Yeah. There is nowhere near enough room in in a device to to accommodate that. Right. Um, And it's very uncomfortable, so... You can't wear them at night for that reason. Um, and what about when you need to do a wee? Well, you just take it off. You, you take it off. So if you had a good pelvic floor, you'd be able to go to the loo every three to four hours. So is that your signal to go for a wee? <laughs> like um, that it starts to get uncomfortable or how does it all work? Yeah, well, with with me, that's pretty much how my routine is. I, I put put my you know work clothes on and when I go to work and put my device on and sort of the first first bathroom stop of the day is, you know, three to four hours in and... You have that, got a good bladder and a good that's, very impressive. That's just kind of my routine yeah. and that's when I take it off and I don't worry about putting it back on for the rest of the day. And some, could, some people are more uh, dedicated and they'll, they'll put it back on straight away. So you said it gets a little bit uncomfortable after three or four hours, so you go for where you take it off. My question is, could you... Maybe put it back on again so you do get eight hours a day and have another session of it later in the afternoon. Have you tried that? Uh, yeah, you can. You can do that. Um, but I don't because it just – it works. I've, I've found a, a routine that really suits my day and suits Great. how I work. And, and yeah, I could get twice as much time in under traction than I, I could if I, uh, you know – do it how I do it, but what how I would do it, I just find is sustainable, and that's that's the the, the, the sustainable bit is really important, the, isn't it? The the best method is the method that works for you, and yeah. that's the one that works for me. So. I think that a lot about penis pumps as well. It's yeah. like there's all these different regimes you can do, but at the end of the day, you got to do one that you're going to actually do. Exactly, like compliance exactly. is the is the biggest key. Mm. So, just to go through the actual device, it's. Can you explain how it actually looks and how it works? So you put the suction cap on? No, no, no suction. So the devices, devices, if they're a, um, well, first of all, you don't even need a device. You can can use what's known as manual methods, which is basically um, stretching with your hands. That's a very dedicated routine. Mm-hmm. Um, and as soon as I could stop doing that, I did because I'm, um, I'm not uh, a great person for dedication. I've got a lot of things going on, yep. so I'd so it's, so it's got to be it's got to <laughs> yeah. be something that fits fits in with yeah. my lifestyle. But um, so no, basically they're a um, uh, depending on, on on the device, and there's a lot lot of different ones out there. 
but they all they all work in the same way that they apply a constant tension. So um, they'll grip your remaining foreskin or shaft skin if if that's all you got to work with, um, and they'll apply tension to it. So you can pull pull uh, your shaft skin up over over your glands and uh, just sit it under the gripper, and it will hold there. Um, and that that then that's applied to something that gives it tension, whether that's a, a elastic strap or a weight even. Um, and then that that the elastic strap goes all the way down your leg to tie it around your knee, your ankle. Yeah, that's right. So so everyone's got their own way of doing it. Um, I just simply clip mine to my socks. I wear quite long work socks, um, and and that's that's works well for me. Um, some guys use a knee brace and they'll oh. clip it to that. Yep. Um, some device, some device manufacturers uh, sell a special leg strap that goes around your leg with the elastic on it. Right. Okay. God, the fact, the mere fact that there's so many devices available and just shows you what a big problem this is. What about if you go from sitting to standing, standing to sitting, and you've got it strapped down? Does it just work with you, or? Yeah, it just yep. yeah, and you can feel the tension changing, yeah. and it. Um, I I I find sitting for a long time is the hardest thing to do. Okay. So if I'm walking around, I can be, you know, up and down stairs that sort of thing, um, and that's fine. Can you switch off from it, or do you, are you aware that all the time that it's there? No, no, it, it's it's. Um, it's you're as aware as uh, as aware of it as you, the fact you're wearing socks. You know, it's, okay. yeah, you forget yeah. about it. Up up to what I find now is about the three to four hour mark, and then it's like I need to take this off. It's starting to uh, remind me it's there, and and then I just take it off. So, when I talk to um, guys after prostate cancer that are having to use a pump regularly, they tell me that a lot of them say the same thing that they a lot of them enjoy using it but a lot of other guys will say that they feel like their whole world is revolving every day around their penis yeah you yeah. know this whole, and do you feel like that do you feel like it's constantly on your mind or is it just like brushing your teeth putting it on now um i i think now it's just i can in, integrate it into my day and you yeah. know if, if it doesn't fit into my day it doesn't get a run you know yeah, okay. it, it stays in the drawer yeah but uh you know if 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 i'm going to be in a situation where you go yep this works, and and that's why that's why days that I go to work, uh, days that I'll do three to four hours of restoration, and no one knows. And it I'm just, just thinking, you know how you always joke that you wear your best undies in case you have a car accident. Imagine if you had a car accident, and you're wearing this, and they took you to the hospital. There'd be a lot of shock people in ED, wouldn't there? I don't know. Uh, I wonder if it's something they used to see. Maybe maybe they see it. <laughs> I never did when I worked in ED. Hey, actually, well. Through the restoring forums and that, we hear a lot of stories. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Airport scanners seem to be the place where most oh, people no. come unstuck. Oh. But um, so that's a good t- tip: don't wear it on a in an airport scanner. Um, well, the nylon ones seem to go through all right. Okay. Uh, the weighted devices don't. Right. So. And Tim's mm. bought about six or seven, maybe more different ones in. So there's a actually a, a lot of a lot of products out there, and yeah. we'd like to be able to share. We could take a photo of them all and put them in the show notes. Yeah, that's I'll a good idea. I'll do that. I'll take my, a photo. I'm really curious, Tim, as to how long you had to wear it before you started noticing, once you actually had a, a good device. 
noticing some improvement and reduction in pain. Be- Weeks, months. Uh, yeah, keep going. Um, <laughs> yes. Because I, because I started from a, a dreadful starting point. Yeah. I, the, the way I was cut, I, it should never have been. Should, no one should ever be, well, no one should ever be cut in my opinion, but they, my cut was incredibly tight. So most people um, that are doing this aren't going to be doing it for this reason, are they? They're going. To, they're not going to have had the trauma that you've had. They're just going to have a, a garden variety circumcision that probably doesn't cause pain. Yeah. Then, so yeah. so for an average circumcision, um, you know, you, you can you can go with with a bit of dedication. It's two years mm-hmm. from two years from okay. from an average circumcision to around CI six, mm-hmm. which is your average intact male. That's got flaccid coverage. Right. Um, unfortunately, my, my starting point was so tight. It, it's been incredibly long and slow journey to get to sort of the average circumcised guy uh, look that I've got going on now. Yeah. But um, now I'm there. I'm looking forward to the, the, future. the next two years because I, I know I, I'm, as, as I get more to work with, I can grow more skin because there's more more cells under tension so mm. more of those cells under tension means more cells are reproducing it's it's an exponential thing so have you found that your sexual pleasure has changed then since you've been doing this yeah it has it has it has in a number of ways so can um, you explain that uh, yeah i mean feel free not to if it's <laughs> just just the abbreviated version yeah yeah um so so certainly um you know, uh, there's a lot less chafing during sex. Right. Uh, um, sex can be a lot more spontaneous. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm getting more feeling because as I'm starting to get uh, a little bit of coverage on my uh, glands, the uh, the keratinization that's taken place mm-hmm. is, is starting to sort of soften. The same way that if you stop working with your hands, your hands soften, soften up. up and, you know. Yeah. What about that skin discoloration that you said, you know, affected you as a kid? Yeah. Has that changed at all? It has. This is really great because mm. every time I take a leak or every time I took a leak and every time I was naked, um, you know, every time you get out of the shower and look in the mirror, there's there's this two-tone penis yeah. that, that's got this mm. – it's just a reminder. It says, Dark ring around says, it, yeah. Just – Here's here's a here's a mark that you bear for no reason, yeah, and, and no choice, and no choice, and yeah, and and now what I've done is I've actually moved that scar. I've moved that scar down my penis, so that now it's uh, gone from being sort of a quarter way down my penis, with three quarters of it being uh, very pale tissue, to now now my penis uh, has. Body coloured skin all mm. the way, all the way ah, down to the glands. Because that's been on the top. Yeah, yeah. And eventually, I will move that scar line so that it will be in place. It will be at the end of my penis, so covering my glands where, where that's my. That's so fascinating. I love. I just the body can heal, heal yeah. itself if we give it the have opportunity. You, yeah. Have you taken photos along the way? Uh, Don't worry, I'm not going to ask to put them in the show notes. But <laughs> like, it would be really interesting for it's someone case to, study. to follow that. The, the, the only way to document it is to take photos and keep them in a file mm. that you will keep for a long time. And no, I've not been very good at that. Right. Can I ask if you've had 
an opportunity to work with a urologist on all of this? I haven't worked with a urologist. I've, I went and saw a doctor in uh, 2000. I went to – because I was still having very painful erections in this before I um, actually successfully started restoring. Um, and the doctor examined me and said, oh, that's a very aggressive circumcision. Mm. And then, sorry, there's not much I can do. you just got to learn to live with it and you should try using lubricant. It's like, well, that was We no, should definitely no interview a urologist on – what happens today in in why and how just because i guess medically there are situations where it's required like if men get Mm. valentitis repeated infections but then potentially if they had the opportunity to maybe clear an infection and then start some self um well it's not stretching is it's tractioning and um some restoration restoration um and it's it's Wrongly referred to as re, uh, stretching, but it's it's actually all we're doing is inducing mitosis. Yeah. Okay. So, so we get the language right in the future. We're talking about intact penises as opposed to not intact or circumcised. Yeah. So. It's intact or circumcised. Intact or, or circumcised. Versus yeah. uncircumcised. Yeah. 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 So the uh, uncircumcised is, is it's language I try and avoid. Sure. Okay. In, so in the way I don't use terms like unbroken. Sure. Yeah. 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 Okay. So we use intact un- and circumcised, and then the other term that you were just referring to then is um, not stretching. We're referring to. Tractioning? Tractioning. Or, yeah. Just, or so restoration. Apply, just restoration. Applying, yeah, applying tension okay. for restoration. Yeah. Okay, so restoration intact. They're the words we yeah. need to use. And and you don't want to stretch. That's yeah. the big thing. Yeah. You know, everyone's seen stretch marks and skins. Yes. It's not good. No, that makes sense. So. Yeah. What about um, a daily massage or anything like that to help soften up? I'm thinking from a physiotherapy application. Mm. Is, is there anything that people talk about to help, not away from masturbation, but just to try and help like um, vitamin E gel or anything like that? Is that? Does that come up in the forums or? Yeah, everyone's after the magic potion. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. If, if you do discover it, can you let me know? Okay. So, well, there you go. Uh, the, there is, um, yeah, everyone's got their own sort of vitamin cream that they swear by, but. Yeah. To be honest, I think it's, um, I, I, I don't, I don't think it's been researched. Yep. Okay. And 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 it would be really good to get some research on this actually mm. because everything we know about restoration has come from guys that are just gone. The medical industry is not helping me because okay. they can't sell me anything. It's all so anecdotal, I'll isn't it? Do it myself. Mm. And what we've done is is. Over the last, um, well, so it's actually been 20 years, more than 20 years, there's been a lot of great information gathered from non-medical guys having a go themselves about what works and what doesn't work. And on that, I introduce you to a YouTube resource called Neoman. That's actually for men who have Peyronie's disease. But similarly, he's gone along, um, this young guy, he's had Peyronie's disease, coach for the penis for over 15 years and he's exactly the same. There's one in ten guys to get Peyronie's disease and this, um, you know, sort of lack of medical direction sometimes or just struggling on 
on their own, potentially not wanting to get surgery or not being ready for surgery, um, then told there's no other options. So that leads men to go and explore options and men like to do and fix and measure and map and write spreadsheets out. So there's lots of engineering going on in men's heads mm. to try and help themselves. And, I mean, you've brought in a range of different products. Yeah, that's right. There's um, all, all the products I've got here are actually really well engineered, really well made uh, products and devices, but they've all actually been made by men that… Patients, yeah. Mm. They're, they're, all, they're all made by men that were trying to solve a problem. Yeah. And there was nothing out there. But they're probably the, the best. Uh, as well. Yeah, exactly. Me. They're um, the yeah. best people to make those um, and, designs. And they come from all over the world too. Yeah. Um, a, f- a few of these are from um, the United States. Uh, one of the most popular devices is coming out of Sweden at the moment. Wow. Um, so, yeah, all, all around the world. Are there any negative side effects to wearing, to restoring the foreskin? The foreskin? Not that anyone's found yet. Okay. So, apart from having to put the effort in. Yeah. And it's a time thing. It's not a lot of effort. It's going to take a lot of time. Mm-hmm. But you could think about it for five years and not do it and that time's going to go. And mm-hmm. you could so, have fixed it. And you yeah. could have fixed it, yeah. 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 So. Well, I think that's been brilliant. I've learnt a lot this morning. I didn't have any idea about any of this until you touched base with us, to be honest. And Neither as did I. And it's a bit of a surprise thinking of all the work we do with men and, and every single one of them either got a foreskin or not, actually. Yeah. Um, Here in Australia, it was a really big thing in the 60s. When my sons were born in 2000s, it wasn't even a question. In fact, you have to appeal for it. So it's interesting because my son was born in 1997 and in a country town and there was a choice then. There was two doctors in that country town doing circumcision and – I remember my son's father wanted him to be circumcised so he looked like him. Yeah. But I may have told this story before. I, the first penis I ever saw that was uncircumcised because my family were all circumcised when I was a young woman, I was surprised at what it looked like. And I remember saying to the guy, what's wrong? And he was like, oh, I've just never been circumcised. And I was like, oh, I've never mm. seen one before. And so because of that experience, yeah. I didn't get my own son done because I wanted him to look like his peers his peers, and same. not his father. I had that discussion Absolutely. as well because they're the ones they're going to see mm. far more often than and, their and parents. And that's, what, that's what's happening more and more today. Uh, um Previously in the United States, they had very high circumcision rate, the um, intact guys were the minority, but as more and more guys are becoming intact, uh, you know, uh, remaining intact, um, the guys who were circumcised, you know, the young young kids that were circumcised, they're growing up and going, oh, how come, I, how come I'm different? So, mm. so the, the, the sort of experience I had growing up, in the 70s in New Zealand is uh, getting repeated yeah. in, in the 2020s mm. in, in the USA now. Yeah. So it's interesting actually because I noticed, and you might have noticed this too, Joe. when I see um, men, you know, middle-aged guys that are from Europe or England, they're rarely circumcised. And when yeah. I see middle-aged guys from, a, you know, country Australia, they often are. And Americans. I think it was, yeah, definitely. You know, so there seems to be a definite so many cultural, cultural trend in that and different religions and things like that. Now, I know yeah. we don't want to be controversial, but what goes to my mind is whether or not this could be applied to female circumcision, mm. the same mitosis process. Has that ever been raised? 
I've, I've never heard of or looked into. I uh, think scarring is so much more. Yeah, well, also there's five different types of FGM that mm. are sort of the FGMs categorised into sort of five different. Female genital mutilation. Yeah. Yep. So I just worked that out in my head, mm. but yeah, so, I wasn't familiar with yeah. that term. Um, Should have been, but and, yeah. And they, they range from a, a, a basically a, a ritual nick to infibulation, which mm. is, you know, from from a very, very minor pinprick to total, removal. total just dreadful destruction. Mm. Um, so, so there's not one female genital mutilation that's a scale. But the thing we thing thing we just got to remember is we shouldn't be cutting genitals. No, you know, it's my it's there. It, a, a child a child is born perfect. Mm, yeah. And, and and unless unless there's something medically wrong, we we don't need to fix that perfect child. It's no. not broken. Yeah. No. So. so well I think this has been really interesting and I'm really looking forward to the comments in the um so anyone listening if wants to send us back some comments or ask some questions, that'd be great. And I'm quite sure I could forward any questions on to you, Tim, to answer down the track. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll yeah. keep in touch and and we can we can do that. Mm, that'd um, be great. And yeah, if you add some add some of the resources, I will. so if anyone wants to find out more, they're yeah. they, they there to help. And uh, I'll make sure I put all of the links and everything into mm. the show notes. And um, Tim has also written this really great kind of um, summary of everything yeah. we've talked about today. So if that's okay with you, I'd like to put that in the show notes for guys to read. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So thanks so much for coming in. It's been really good. And as I say, it's been a complete eye-opener to me. I've learned a lot. I'm sure you have too, Joe. And I like the fact that you approached us because we kind of, you know, had an opportunity to maybe get some information misinterpreted. Mm. And that's something that we really want to do. Like we want to keep the conversation going. And if we make mistakes or we say something that doesn't sit right... Well, it's wonderful that you would contact us and say, hey, I just want to make this a bit more accessible, a bit more easy conversation for guys. So all credit to you, mm. Tim, for just, um, mm. you know, th- contacting th- us. Thank you guys for, for allowing the opportunity. And I, I really hope this this goes out and um, some people out there find this this helpful. I think so. we need to send this out before Christmas because some guys might, might want restoration devices in their Christmas stocking this year. <laughs> See if Santa can deliver. Yes. All I want for Christmas is a new foreskin. Jingle bell. Don't know if it has the same rings. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much. Thanks so much, Thank Tim. you, guys. Thank you. See ya. I'm going to tell you about a boy who lives inside me. He's been there all of my life. Hi, this is Dr. Joe. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We're getting so many emails, so many questions and so much feedback. And Melissa and I are absolutely thrilled about this. What we'd really love you to do, though, is to share our podcast with anyone you think might benefit, including any man in your life. Simply download using your favourite podcast app or subscribe to the penisproject.org. You'll get a weekly email and new releases. And this helps our podcast get more people. And if you write a review and subscribe as well, well, we'll get known more widely across the globe. Meanwhile, let's keep the conversation going. Just a mystery to me. I've got a boy of my own now. It fills me with pride.
see him growing so fast into a man. 